Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome to Total SF. We opened with the musical stylings of Sharky Laguana, who was playing the piano as we walked into Manny's, a community space in the Mission District and truly a magical space. Yeah, it's a great spot at 16th and Valencia. Uh, Manny Yacoutiel founded it a couple of years ago, and I swear he's had like every famous politician you can imagine come and speak to um, a crowded room of people interested in civic engagement and current events. And um, I love that they have cutouts of a lot of those politicians. Um, so it looks like you're sitting among Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are all there, at least in cardboard form. It's such a warm, welcoming, fun place. I felt like a tourist walking around. Even the bathroom was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. They have all these uh, images of politicians, and I think there's a black light in there. Um, great place to visit. You have to go. We covered a lot of things in this conversation. They have a podcast called Fun Police, and that like kind of fun little bit of SF politics vibe got picked up in our podcast. Also talked about the Pointer Sisters. This is our second straight episode with Hunky Jesus content. <laughs> um, but we wanted to get together with Sharky and Manny to talk about small business and our hopes that it can survive and thrive coming out of this pandemic. Yeah, it's still so important to make sure we're supporting small business. Everybody was so good about that in the beginning of the pandemic, but they're they're definitely not out of the woods. So definitely go to your local bookstore, movie theater, restaurant, cafe, boutique and spend your money there um, and also you should come to Manny's on April 28th at 6:30 because we will be giving a tribute to Emperor Norton we will have Joseph Amster who plays Emperor Norton in his um, city tours as well as historian Nicole Meldahl from the Western Neighborhoods Project there to talk about Emperor Norton and other kooky characters from San Francisco's past. Yeah, this is going to be such a fun event. Uh, Joseph and Nicole are great. We're going to talk a lot about history. I'm going to bring in photos from the archive and we'll run it. It'll have kind of a little bit of a game show vibe to it. I think people are going to have a great time. Please come out to Manny's on Thursday, April 28th, and uh, you can get your tickets at welcometomannies.com. Get those tickets and come see us. Looking forward to it. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Sharky Laguana and Manny Yacoutiel, welcome to Total SF. Present and accounted for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally excited about this SF 
conversation. Yay. Today well, we will be speaking with our own voices. <laughs> Do you usually what does not? That mean? I, we was could, that a joke? It was kind what of a was joke. That? <laughs> it was kind of a joke. <laughs> that wasn't even associated with Total SF. What? I mean, I don't it? know. Like, I just, it sounded like it'd be funny to say, why do you got to give me shit about I'm sorry. It? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I was, I was oh, going to cut it out. So yeah. we'll be Oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> no, See, Peter gonna, knows what to do. I'm right. cutting nothing out. I, we walked in and you were playing piano. That was lovely. What, oh, thank you. What was the, what was the name of that piece? Uh, whatever I happen to be thinking about at the moment that I'm playing. Oh my God. So you were freestyling? Yeah, it was just oh freestyling. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sweet. I used to, my first job was playing cocktail pianist, a piano cocktail piano in a Nordstrom's no vegetarian <laughs> restaurant oh. in Ohio I always love that about a Nordstrom's you go yeah. in and there's some person yeah. playing piano I'm not good enough to do that actually you need actual skills to do that okay. I have pretend skills you have other skills but you could have valet parked your car in the Nordstrom parking lot mm. where Whoa. housing was struck down such a great idea to keep it a valet parking lot yeah <laughs> we really need that yeah we, we should send I mean, where where are the valet cars going i mean it's a it's a crisis yeah well um i could set up a piano in the valet parking lot very good oh now it's we're the talking. training ground yeah <laughs> i can't believe how quickly this got political heather that was she we did knew that. that was gonna happen that was you did it yeah, yeah, she does <laughs> well congratulations on your still pretty new podcast the fun police um, your logo is the words, the fun police over the Golden Gate Park Ferris wheel. So would you say that San Francisco is still a fun city despite the best efforts of our political leaders? Yes. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It's yeah. what we need to protect because it's so awesome. It's the story of San Francisco, I think, in so many things. Because San Francisco is so great, because it's so beautiful, because the people here are so awesome, because we have such a great restaurant and food culture, because... You know, because of all this greatness, there is why that is partly why there is such a fight over it. Um, and because San Francisco is such a fun and joyous and, um, you know, incredible mm -hmm. city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the battling? Battle him of the Republic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah, she didn't we, ask for that whole screed, did she? Yeah. Anyway, I, I love it. Yeah. yeah, I love it too. Uh, I mean, everything about the city is magical like you don't even need culture you don't even need businesses you don't even re need restaurants just walk outside from almost any vantage point and it's um you know, it's one of the if not the most beautiful cities in the world it's definitely the most beautiful city in america so uh it's inherently fun like you can't take the fun away cool things happen when there is space to be creative and to do stuff. And I think we can all agree that some of what we've seen in San Francisco politics over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, or, or even longer than that, there's just so many rules, so many codes, so much regulation. And the worry is, the fear that you'll kill the fun mm -hmm. by making everything so hard to do that any if it, there are big ideas, people won't try them here because it's just known as a place where fun or big ideas go to die. So we don't want that. We mm -hmm. want to fight against that. Well, um, also related to Manny's, this is going to be the site of a very exciting tribute to Emperor Norton, Total SF podcast taping next week, April 28th at 6.30. How excited are you, Manny? It's the only event I can think of, actually. I don't even know that. I can't even think of another event that we're doing. At is, this particular moment. It is only Emperor Norton and Total SF. That's all that matters. And that's the only thing people should think about when they think about Manny's over the next week and a half. Well, Peter and I will be here um, recording Total SF with Joseph Amster, who plays Emperor Norton. He walks all over town with his feathered hat. and. Is that full-time gig? 
Yeah, he's a tour guide, and so he dresses like that, and he gives Emperor Norton That's walking tours. It's super fun. We did do a birthday for Emperor Norton, I think, last two years ago yeah. in the space. Yeah. And then also Nicole Meldahl from the Western Neighborhoods Project, who knows everything about San Francisco history. 6.30 p.m. April 28th with tickets available at welcometomannies.com. Related to Emperor Norton, do you both of you think we need more only in San Francisco characters? Or are they kind of a dying breed? Uh, you know, every city that has ever been in trouble has been sa- saved by its arts and creative class. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think those kind of unique characters that we, we, you know, bump into the Emperor Nortons of the world or um, Frank Chu with his 12 galaxies. Sorry. Frank Chu with his 12 galaxies or um, remember the twins? Uh-huh. They passed away. Vivian a couple- and Miriam Yeah. Brown. Yeah. Um, and, and the Bushman, and remember Bushman, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so street performer. I mean, that's that's part of the creative class, right? Which um, that's uh, I think a, something that springs out of planting that particular seed. So we do need to make sure that we plant a lot of the seeds and give it fertile ground to grow into. The other quote I heard that I thought was great is, "Cities succeed when the creative class meets cheap buildings, mm-hmm. cheap old buildings." Well, we don't have the latter anymore. The more the better, as many of these as possible. You can't really fabricate them, right? They can only, they're only, it only works if it's organic. I will have to say, though, you know, yesterday I was at Hunky Jesus, and it was the biggest Hunky Jesus <laughs> they've ever had. I, mean, I there was were there, like, too. There were like 50 Jesuses. Jesus. So part of, <laughs> Jesus. Part yeah, of me. Yeah, Sister Roma kept calling me Jesus. Jesus. I don't know. Part of me, I know a lot of, there, there is, I'm sure there's been a loss of, of how, how weird San Francisco can get. And also, there are some traditions that are not only still here but are thriving mm-hmm. so and new me- ones that are cropping up yeah yeah well i i have a hard time imagining both of you anywhere except san francisco uh manny do you remember your first day here two-part question first day here and then when you knew you just wanted to stay here well i lived here for a summer in 2010 um and that first day i was actually staying in the beginning in um What's that town within a town in Oakland that's kind of a, like a rich... Piedmont? Piedmont? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was staying there, and I remember my friend Nick drove me over the bridge, and he, he gave me a, a car tour of the city. But that wasn't super memorable. When I first moved here, actually, as a resident, with the expectation to stay here was in 2012, uh, after the Obama campaign. And a I got, decade ago. Yeah, a decade ago. And it was pouring rain, and I was staying on my friend's couch at 20th in Florida, and he had left the keys with a older and larger and uh, wonderfully f- heartful woman named Doña Tere, who owns a market on that corner, 21st in Florida. And my instructions were to find Doña Tere and ask her to give me the keys to the apartment. And I went down to this, this market, this Latin market, and she was sitting there knitting in the back and barely spoke any English. And she was the first person I really knew in the city. And she ended up taking care of me and acting kind of like a surrogate mother to me. And she's still there mm. and she's still serving, you know, quesadillas out of the back. And it it just really, I fell in love with the city quickly after meeting her. Mm. That's sweet. Oh, that's that's a good one. Are you, you going to be able to top that, Sharky, or are we? I'll, I'll that's try. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so um, when I came out here in 87, I came here with uh, my girlfriend uh, and... Um, uh, just to visit, and the first thing I saw was some sex shop on uh, Market Street, which is just inconceivable in Ohio, where I grew up. And I was like, "Whoa!" Um, and then we went and had 
a um, Irish coffee at Vesuvio Cafe. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm in love. Uh, went back to Ohio, kept thinking about coming back, but like it was never going to work out. And then I uh, was chasing this other girl out to California, just really trying to persuade her to um, be a couple, and she uh, declined. And then um, the day we got to California, she hook up, hooked up with the exact same guy that had stolen the girlfriend I came out here Whoa. before from under me. Yeah, so it was like a double loss. Um, and so I hitchhiked up to San Francisco, and uh, that was in 1991. How many Creeper Lagoon songs are about that woman? <sighs> I don't actually think any of them are that were released. There was one that I wrote about her uh, that didn't didn't go on any r- recording, but it's actually one of the better songs I've I've ever written, to be honest. I, because nothing uh, creates uh, a vehicle for artistic expression like just unbelievable heartache and mm-hmm. heartbreak, and that's what's tr- driven a lot of great creative works. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll slip you guys a recording of it. You yeah. can, you can play it on the outro. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. What kept you here? This can be a challenging, frustrating city. What, what's what's kept you here? Both of you. Uh, you know, as as a touring musician, I had the opportunity to visit every or most every city in the U.S. and in, in Canada, and I can tell you that all of the problems that we encounter are generally replicated to some extent elsewhere um, with different problems are elevated. You might get less of one thing and more of another. So it just really comes down to what's your personal preference for what kind of problems you're, you're willing to live with and what kind of problems you're willing to work on. Um, what ultimately keeps me here is just this is you know, as I was saying earlier, just undeniably the most beautiful city in America and the people uh, for all our faults and uh, things that people love to, you know, give us grief about, it's still, in my opinion, the best population um, in the country, just in terms of overall mindset and commitment to trying to do the right thing and trying new things to, to try and um, make things better. So the gay life. You want to expand? Yeah, it? it's just I the best. More. It's, it's the best city to be gay in. It has been, and I think continues to be. Parties, the gatherings, the the culture, the subcultures. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it has the best gay life in the country. Well rounded in all in all ways. <laughs> the G's I included. G's I included. Logistics. <laughs> yeah. Well, creating a civic engagement space, Manny, seems like a huge uphill climb in San Francisco, which doesn't make starting anything easy. Did anyone try to warn you against starting Manny's? Pretty much everyone I spoke to. <laughs> I think I think almost every person that I brought the idea to in the beginning tried to dissuade me from doing it. Not because they thought it was a bad idea, but because they felt like I was going to I wasn't going to be able to do it. It was going to be too hard, too expensive, too complex. And so most people did try to st- stop me mm-hmm. in some way, including my mother. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. What did she say? She just you know she was it was. Have you seen that tweet with uh, about? Prime Minister Zelensky's mother saying, my other son is a doctor. No. <laughs> it was kind of like that. It's like, you know, why don't you do something that, you know, is a little bit not more impressive, but easier to be successful in and more better known 
concern it was going to be too much work, too little pay, and just mm -hmm. too difficult. Mm -hmm. But I had spent about a year or so beforehand really trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And this was the idea. I This is the only idea I could think of. And my thinking was, even if I fail at it or I don't even get it built, at least I will have tried to do it. What an incredible gift to the city this place has been, though, too. Just don't blush on me. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like... Um, you know, very rapidly, uh, all these different communities sort of accepted and welcomed the space that you built. And then it became bigger than just local communities. It, it also became statewide and, and occasionally national um, communities chose this place, this space to um, be the place to gather and, and have a conversation. I mean, you've created a, the modern equivalent of a salon. And it's an unbelievable accomplishment. And it's not surprising that nobody thought it could succeed because there wasn't anything else to compare it against. Uh, nobody was doing quite what, what you're doing and, and have done. Um, well, thanks, Sharky. Yeah. So nice today yeah. to me. You're always nice to me. I, that's right. Thanks for the question. I love doing it. Yeah. yeah. Is it my turn? Mm -hmm. okay. Follow the script, Peter. Uh, let's, uh, we, <laughs> the script's a recommendation. Okay. Mm. You can go off course. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Sharky, the, the pandemic, when it hit, uh, first thing I'm thinking is how many small businesses are we going to lose? This is going to decimate them. Mm. And yeah. I'm wondering what's going through your head because you have a business, Bandago, which next to like salad bars, I would think would be something that could get hit hard by this is the business I wouldn't want. On the other hand, you also have a responsibility. Uh, small commission president, you were already in that in that uh, small role. business commission. So, small business commission. It president. is a normal size commission. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, the president of all the small commissions. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are these two things kind of reconciling in your head? You know, what you're going to do personally yeah. and also what the city's going to do with all these small businesses. Well, uh, that moment was a really uh, intense moment because I had actually just been elected president at the end of January uh, and, and had only been on the commission for, I think, seven or eight months prior to that. So I was still wrapping my head around basics like what is a conditional use permit? Um, you know, didn't have a very nuanced sense of, of how the city worked. I was just a, a, a volunteer who I thought I was going to be going to meetings for an hour or two a month and didn't expect that it was going to be so all-consuming. Meanwhile, um, you could see the pandemic was shaping up to be a significant ev event for all of us, and I was increasingly growing concerned about our business um, our revenue dropped 97% in April um, and probably like 70% in, in March. So for the kind of business we are, you know, we borrow money from banks to buy vehicles, which we then rent out and we hope to cover our, our uh, uh, lending terms and, and then maybe hopefully clear a little bit of profit at the end very quickly. We just had, we had no money. Um, for me personally, in that moment for, I don't know, maybe four to six weeks, it just seemed totally hopeless. Um, I, I didn't see any way that we would be able to survive. So ironically, having the city to think about 
was life-saving. It gave me something to focus on that was positive. Um, how could I help? How could I help other people improve their situation? How, how do I work with the commission to increase um, our input into how we move forward? And that was uh, one of, you know, just like Manny was saying, that was one of the most rewarding and fulfilling moments of my life was to be able to participate on such an intense problem at a level where I felt like I could make a difference. 30,000 foot view. Is this what you expected in terms of, you know, how the cities responded, how people have responded towards small businesses? Well, you know, in, in, in April of that year, the commission put out a resolution to the Economic Recovery Task Force, so, uh, our recommendations to the Economic uh, Recovery Task Force, which is a task force that the, the mayor had put together to sort of set the stage for economic recovery. And we had, uh, if memory serves, something like around 50, 40 to 50 different uh, recommendations that the city could do to facilitate our, our economic recovery. And I want to say the overwhelming majority of those recommendations were uh, accomplished, not necessarily because we made them. Um, some of them were self-evident. We were going to do them anyways. I mean, I mean, one of the things we recommended was that we should rapidly transition outdoor dining. Um, I'm not going to take credit for that. There was a lot of people that were, were thinking that at the same time. but. I guess the point is, is that um, you put enough people on a really important problem and you get everybody rowing the same direction. And I think it's, it's really possible to make a lot of progress. And I think we have made a lot of progress. That being said, we still have a lot more to do. And I think the pandemic revealed a lot of <clears throat> things that we had been able to kind of hide under the fact that everybody was making so much money and the city was doing so well and, and we could just afford to ignore the fact that small businesses were really suffering before the pandemic even started. Yeah, there's nothing like risking losing something you care a lot about to make you realize how much you care about it. And all of a sudden, everyone had to contend, well, what if my favorite bar, my favorite retail shop, my favorite restaurant went under? You know, San Franciscans do love our small businesses, but we've taken them for granted. So the one upside of the pandemic was everyone had to think about what they were going to do to keep their neighborhood and their small business corridors alive, both small business owners and the residents and the city. And so it was, it was a corralling event uh, for us, for, for our community. The small business community is not <clears throat> even close to as organized politically as it needs to be, and it hasn't been. The pandemic taught us, required us to get more organized because other aspects of the city were calling into meetings and getting funding for them and making sure that their voices were being heard with the supervisors and the mayor, and we've for a long time had almost nothing. And so that has changed. And one of my first votes was for you as president of the commission, I remember, because I had just been appointed. And you've done an amazing job steering the ship through this time of crisis. Mister. See, <laughs> we like each other. <laughs> we, we've, been, we've been in the trenches together right. for, you know, almost three years now. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I look at the I look at the uh, indie bookstores. I thought every other one was going to be toast, hmm. and now coming out of it, I think people. It used to be pre-orders were Amazon, like pre-orders equal Amazon. I even see it with the authors now, that they're saying pre-order from your indie bookstore. That that's something people are a little more hardwired to do. I mean, that's just one example, but I, I'm just hopeful that that people have come to appreciate these places. And, you know, I don't know if you've been seeing any of that, Sharky. Well, you know, look, let's be honest. Some of these large companies have taken advantage of regulatory capture. I mean, they're able to, at scale, um, you know, these large uh, tech companies, e-commerce companies, are able to do things at scale that small businesses couldn't hope to do. And I think the question that we all have to collectively ask ourselves as both citizens and as policymakers and and regulators is, is that really what we want to optimize our cities and our country for? Is is that really how we win? Um, There's a role for these big companies. Uh, I'm not denying or dismissing that. But do we really need to tilt the scales so heavily towards them? And I think that's one of the things that's come up from the pandemic that's made us rethink how we approach this stuff. Well, you've survived our serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. Ooh. <coughs> love that. <laughs> that was it? That was all the serious questions? Yes. Yeah. Lightning round. That was, that, that, was, that, that was not tough. <laughs> that was a piece of cake. Yeah. There's so much more to talk oh, about. Oh, what did we forget to ask you? <laughs> well, I'm, this is your interview. We're, we're at your, your, your disposal. I'm interested in what you were going to say there. I was going to say, they didn't really ask us about what needs to happen in San Francisco in the future to make it easier for small businesses? What are the policies that need to change? What are, the, mm. what are the biggest issues on the street right now? What are the issues small business owners are facing? Right. What is the city doing to address them? You know, that kind of I, thing. If I could just give a top level. But they, that's, I'm just saying. No. You know what? You put it out there. We can't just not answer that question. Um, if well, I, could, I have my answer. What's your answer? My answer is uh, we need to bring the people back to San Francisco. That's probably the number one thing that we can do that can have the biggest impact on the most number of small businesses. We need San Francisco to return to being one of the top tourist destinations in in the world. That means a whole lot of other things have to happen to accomplish that, but that's the, the, the top mission. Right. I mean, when you see, you've seen the small business community get involved in these other issues, affordable housing, cleanliness, homelessness, because public safety, those are bread and butter issues for all of us in this community. So there's a reason why we're involved in it. I would connect it to that. I think ground floor vacancies is the largest issue facing Mm. small business in San Francisco today. Every commercial corridor is dealing with um, vacancies that, you know, if left unchecked, would create a cooling of the entire local economy. Union Square, which is separate, has a 37% vacancy rate right now, Wow, which is unimaginable. And there's no silver bullet to fill these spaces, but it is all in. 
and we need everyone to be focusing, the city and the merchant associations and the public, to focus on how do we fill these empty storefronts with as many businesses as we can, or short-term rentals, or pop-ups, whatever it is, we need them to be filled What's soon. your idea to fill them? We need, we need office workers to come back to work in the mm -hmm. office, which I understand that you can't say, oh, do it for the small businesses. That's like sort of a, a secondary concern. But what you can say is that businesses that work in person uh, have higher productivity and higher innovation rates. And that's something that many of these downtown businesses, I think, should be uh, thinking about. Mm -hmm. We also need to bring back as... Um, uh, conventions and, and make having a convention in San Francisco very attractive. Every visitor to San Francisco spends anywhere from $1,500 to $1,700 on, on average. So uh, we attract millions of visitors per year pre-pandemic. Uh, we are nowhere near that right now for a variety of re different reasons, not all of which are within our control. But every single thing that we can do to uh, help chip away uh, at that deficit and, and get us back to where we were mm -hmm. will also have a corresponding effect on helping our small businesses and helping the vacancies, which Manny is very right to point out. Um, the city should have a program that offers grants to new small businesses that move into vacant storefronts. Mm. It's a benefit to all of us, and the money is there. Uh, we also need to facilitate and make possible short-term pop-ups, six, 12-month pop-ups, art activations, mini theaters in community, plant store pop-ups, music venue pop-ups. If you want to open up a, six, uh, a space for six months, you should be able to do basically whatever you want, I think, because it's a short term, it's a way to fill the space. And then I think merchant associations across the city need to get better organized. Uh, they need to get back to meeting you know, regularly, and they need to be working with the leasing agents uh, that are trying to lease out these spaces and putting the fire under them to actually ask, well, what are you doing? How many people have you toured this week in this space? Well, why do they say no? Are you giving them the hard sell? Do you have good promotional materials? You know, your rent is too high. I mean, the city, it's not in a place where it's appropriate for them to do that, but merchant associations and other small business owners, they should be the ones working with real estate uh, leasing agents to get these spaces filled. Are you and running then, for office? And then, yeah. and then private citizens <laughs> need, to get, need to get back to these corridors and walk around and spend money so that other business owners see that you know that that it's busy and that there's a good economy here. That sounds I've like always, a stump speech. I, no, it's just my it's just my ideas. Yeah, it's going to sound. Let's get to their nice questions. It's going <laughs> to sound a lot more like a stump speech when I put the battle hymn of the republic. No, 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 no. well, before we get to the fun part, I'll just say um, I think San Francisco. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Um, San Francisco needs to take the attitude that opening a small business, San Francisco, should feel like slipping into a warm hot tub. We should make it as easy and as inviting Ooh, as possible. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> Pop up hot tubs. Uh, well, now you've Wait survived. Wait a second. Now that's an idea. <laughs> yeah, just take a vacant storefront in the cast show, put a hot tub in there, turn it on. Yeah. Can Paint. I put that in a van? Yeah. Is there a hot tub in here? I mean, I haven't <laughs> really toured the space uh, there, yet. No, but there should be. Yeah, yeah, there should be. Well, now you survived many serious questions, and it's time mm -hmm. for the lightning round. Where's your favorite place in the city to get a burrito? Uh, Taqueria, San Francisco, 24th and York. You're um, like in the thick of it right here. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble. You, uh, Little Chihuahua on 24th and Castro. Little Chihuahua? It's the best burrito in the city. There's, their grilled salmon burrito is insane. Where's your favorite place to get a stiff drink? Ooh. Um, 
I'll let Manny go first because I think he drinks more than I do. This is an impossible question for me to answer, yeah. but I will give you my top three. <laughs> the best, the best, <laughs> no, the best Bloody Mary in the city is at you, getting a Bloody Mary at the Zeitgeist patio is probably number one. Number two, a martini at Martuni's, and number three, an old fashioned at the Page. The Page used to be my local. Oh my god, the Don Waller. It's the best. I will go with. Um, I'll just do one because I probably drink about. 25% of what Manny drinks. <laughs> uh, and that would be an old-fashioned at the Big Four, which also, I should add, they're closed, sadly, right now. They've been closed since the pandemic. But four, Are they wow. coming back? Yeah. So I, fancy. I hope so. Um, but they have a cocktail pianist. And so, so you can sip. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a classy, classy. guy. No, I'm, I'm a classy guy. What's your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Bullet. Manny, I was gonna say Blue Jasmine. Does that make me no, like depressing? And no, that's I like Blue Jasmine. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. What can was I, your first concert? Oh, or Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Can I can I compliment you both on how fast you're answering yeah. these? Usually, like if we have a politician on in their head, they're like focus grouping it. Like, what's the yeah, right well, answer? What's going to get me the most votes in District Ten? You know, very. Fast. We're decisive. We're small business. <laughs> <ones. Yeah. laughs> what was your first concert? Phoenix at the Troubadour. On oh. Santa Monica Boulevard. Wow. In San Francisco? No, oh. ever. Oh, Pointer Sisters. Really? <gasps> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Where? Uh, it was at Timberwolf Theater in Cincinnati. It was part of Kings Island. Um, nice. Look how cool we are. My foster dads took me there. I was just in love. Uh, Roger from Zap opened. What era Pointer Sisters was that? Was that like Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack? Yeah, era? Yeah, yeah. They were high on Little all Neutron their big dance. hits. <laughs> New, yeah, the Neutron Dance, and uh, I, I'm so excited. Jump yeah. is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. They played Jump yesterday at uh, Daytime Realness at El Rio, and the entire crowd went crazy. It's the best. That is the most uplifting, beautiful, wonderful music. Yeah. They, and they had a great show. They're like dancing with their Can skirts. Can you insert some Pointer Sisters in here? I, I think that's actually like I, I'm just gonna. Uh, insert um, Sharky playing the piano over and over again because that is the only non-copyright violation. They'll come after They're us. They're, awesome. It's T Swift, <laughs> Prince, and the Pointer Sisters will shut you down. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, you can you can do covers under. <laughs> there's fair use under covers. All right. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Name one thing that would make San Francisco more fun. Oh, one fun thing. <laughs> one. So, glad, so, glad, so glad you could ask what would make it more fun a slide uh, down Bernal Hill uh, zip uh, what do you call it the zip line zip line from Coit Tower to Ooh. Salesforce Tower yeah I think a slide down Bernal Hill okay let's do both if you could have dinner with an only in San Francisco character alive or dead who would it be yeah. Harvey Milk mm. oh wow that's a good one He's one of those people that when I, you know, those people you think about, I'm happy to be alive, but I'm sad that I, uh, I'm alive at a time where I couldn't have met him. Mm -hmm. I really wish, I really wish I could have met him. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything I say after that is just going to be like not as cool or no, it's okay. whatever. Give it a shot. Um, you, you you can't say like the the brown twins right now. The, those are the two women. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Together. Yeah, like, no, that, that won't. Be... And Carol Dota probably wouldn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Uh, my wife's father was a roommate of Jack Kerouac, 
and I imagine he would be an interesting person. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go, since Manny went with somebody dead, I'm going to go with somebody living. Um, we mentioned him earlier. Um, somebody who I do get to have dinner with once in a while, which is Daniel Handler, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Lemony Snicket. Yes, um, so you have dinner with him? Yeah, I have friends. I know, but you have, like, famous author friends? Why are you holding, bring with the fun police. We've gone uh, swimming with him. What? What is it? What? No, let me snicker. Not only have I had dinner, we've done um, Shabbat okay. and... Okay, we need to talk about this after this podcast. And okay. he um, did a cover of Should I Stay or Should I Go with us, which wow. was amazing. Yeah, he's super musical. Y'all are holding out on that. Yeah. He rewrote the lyrics to make it San Francisco. And homemade tents. Infrastructure's really sinking. The school board's arguing about Lincoln. If you don't have an IPO, it might be time to pack and go. You know, and I don't want to single out just Daniel because Lisa, his wife, is a delight. Um, And she is wonderful, too, Uh and a force of nature in her own right. And they're just a really um, committed couple in, in San Francisco to making things better and also being very funny and, and bringing a lot of joy while they do it. Maybe can you play some you Daniel Handler right now? What's that? I think we can. I think it may have already played. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing about the city, what would it be? Manny? Fix one thing about the city? Um, I think we complain too much. Mm. I have a very... I would, l- I would like us... I'd like all San Franciscans to like turn that complain knob like down 30 to 40 percent 30 percent less complaining and 30 percent more kindness and more solutions oriented thinking i think san francisco would be in a much healthier place manny and i and ben we've talked about this at length many times um so we have very similar thoughts here i would say just to riff on what manny said which i agree with is that we tend to Um, in San Francisco, find the things that we don't like and try and turn that knob up. Mm -hmm. And really, I think that we could accomplish so much more if we could amplify what's good Mm -hmm. about each other and what's good about the city. And we need to turn that knob up. And and we could probably overcome a lot of our negative stuff if we would spend more time trying to make the positive stuff bigger. Mm -hmm. Last question. What is one thing you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Do I want me to go so you can have some time? Yeah, go. I'm a religious Jew, so I pray every morning uh-huh. in the traditional Jewish way. So that is something that I do every day. It's important to me. I came to San Francisco as a religious Jew, and I maintain my faith. And sometimes it feels like it's harder to come out as a person of faith in this town than mm-hmm. it is as a gay person. But I am both, and they're both really important to me. And my prayer in the morning, why it's important is throughout our day, things happen to us. You get emails, you get phone calls, you have conversations with people. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. And being able to ground what happens to me throughout the day from a perspective of faith, from, from the feeling that, that God and, and, and Judaism and all these, these morals and ethics kind of guide my life, I found it's a very helpful way to um, approach all of those things and keep it together. And so Mm -hmm. for me, morning prayer is something I always do, and it's very important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to sound really small by comparison, 
But everything I say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Do you want I'm me to answer try- first so I can have the I'm, best answer? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I was trying to help you there because you couldn't. You were having a tough time. I was trying to be a friend. Yeah, you set me up for. Uh, <laughs> no, I was not trying to. Yeah, I, right, I, I was, that was not right, my intention. Right, right, I promise. Like, um, no, I. Uh, what I was going to say is this: to start with, out of the gate, it doesn't sound as um, deep and meaningful as many was what Manny just said, but in many ways it's the exact same thing. I walk my dog, Mm -hmm. and when I walk my dog, it's not just across the street. It's usually like three to four miles, um, about an hour to an hour and a half. And while I walk, I think about all the things. Um, um, It's it's pretty much the same process that Manny is talking about, Mm -hmm. and it's a chance to reflect upon the challenges that I'm facing, that my children are facing, um, that our family is facing, that the city is facing, that the small business community is facing, that the gentleman outside is facing right now, um, right behind us, Uh, and try and think about what are ways to positively, from my little tiny vantage point, what's something positive I can do to help make things a little bit better? And that's what I think about a lot while I'm walking the dog. Mostly positive stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, well, one thing we can do to make the city better is gather. So let's plug our event one more time. April 28th at Manny's Emperor Norton Night. Everybody should buy tickets. A night PM. of history, a night of trivia, a night of um, selfies Prizes. with Emperor Norton. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> This is just a fun place. Everybody should come here. I'm like a, a tourist, even as this podcast is going on. There's so much coolness here. Thank you both, Heather and Peter. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are we done? Yes, we're oh, done. Well, then thank you for Woo-hoo. doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks thank for you. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for what you do for the city, both of you. I really think you've been a, a light over the last couple of years and, and a light of positivity. And Well, you two you. could choose, and you do, report on lots of serious things. And, you know, as any journalist would, bringing truth to power and all that. And you've also chosen to devote a, a large chunk of your time towards focusing on what makes San Francisco great and weird and special, highlighting those things. Not everyone does that. And that is very appreciated. We need that. That, that And I know that we all share that same ethos. So thank you for doing your part as well. I, I, I think it's really interesting how you have done these groundbreaking stories on incredibly tough topics and then immediately pivot 180 degrees to come check out uh, How I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> or the guac off. Yeah. Like, I think it's amazing. Yeah. So, like, and I can't think of another example in journalism where they're um, working both of those angles so aggressively. So. Well, I think that perfectly you know, says San Francisco. Yeah. You know, we have a lot that's wrong, but a lot that's right, too. So subscribe so. to Total SF. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the like button. Share it. Tell all your friends. Stop working and devote yourself towards this particular podcast. Smash, <laughs> smash create, the like create, button. Smash the like button. Create a little, sh- uh, what do you call it when you pray to people? Not shelter. Uh, sanctuary. No. Shrine. Create a shrine to oh. Total SF. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you very much. And come out on uh, April 28th. Yeah. See you then. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. 
Total SF is a production of The Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.